Welcome to Watershed's April podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. It is without doubt the case that one of filmmaking's defining characteristics is cinematography. The process of capturing the scene, composing the images, framing the shot is what is surely unique to filmmaking. French filmmaker Robert Bresson famously argued that cinematography is the essence of cinema. He said, Cinematography is a writing with images and movements and with sounds. Also, there are two types of films, those that employ the resources of the theatre, actors, direction, etc., and use the camera in order to reproduce. There are those that employ the resources of cinematography and use the camera to create. That's from Bresson's famous book, Notes for the Cinematographer. This is the great challenge for cinema. Is it simply filmed theatre? i.e. recording the event that is happening in front of it, and I've seen my fair share of that? Or can it aspire to a unique art form in itself? As Bresson further says, your camera catches not only physical movements that are inapprehensible by pencil, brush or pen, but also certain states of soul, which it, i.e. cinematography, alone can reveal. I wonder what Bresson would have made of the changes taking place in filmmaking, as it inexorably moves into the digital domain. My suspicion is that he would have approved. Digital allows a more flexible response. If you think back to Thomas Vinterberg's film Festin, one of the first all digital productions that I remember seeing, it allowed the camera to freely roam and observe, rather than work with the artifice of elaborate construction where actors have to hit their mark. One of the actors at the time described the liberation of not worrying where the camera was and being able to concentrate on the performance. However, some of the problems for digital imaging and filmmaking have been its ability to capture light in as nuanced a way as film, the subtlety of chemical grain replaced by the harshness of digital pixel. There were also problems in capturing movement in both what the camera is looking at and when the camera itself moves. There were also quite fundamental problems with digital's inability to deal with depth. Or more precisely, everything in the frame would be in focus. The foreground and the background, regardless of whether you wanted it that way. The extent to which the layperson is aware of this, I don't know. But I remember in the early days of digital projection, the early days being less than 10 years ago, these factors being very real problems. With advances in technology and quality of resolution, these problems are increasingly less. A major breakthrough on the cinematography side has been the evolution of the RED camera. In 2005-06, Jim Jannard, an American designer, businessman and fanatic photographer, got together a host of programmers and technicians to begin tackling these limitations of digital. Their solution was the RED camera that seemed to resolve all the above issues and more, delivering a film quality image on digital. And importantly, it was cheap well, cheap by cinematography camera standards. In the filmmaking community, where much scepticism lay about the rush into the digital image, the arrival of the Red was a road to Damascus moment. When Peter Jackson, he of Lord of the Rings trilogy, and much more, heard about it, he gave Janard a call to put the camera through its paces in New Zealand. American director Steven Soderbergh was immediately taken by the camera and shot his films Shea, Part 1 and 2 on the Red. Here is what he says. Please note the zeal. This is the camera I've been waiting for my whole career. Jaw-dropping imagery recorded on board a camera light enough to hold with one hand. I don't know how Jim and the Red Team did it, and they won't tell me, 
but I know this, red is going to change everything. This, to the cinema going public, has been an invisible revolution, but revolution it is nonetheless. In our brunch slot this month, we are screening films at the forefront of this digital revolution that were shot on the red camera. These include the aforementioned Shea, plus the quite brilliant South African science fiction District 9. Note also it was produced by Jackson. And finally, Social Network. We are also hosting a conference on the impact of digital on the aesthetic of cinema. This will be being recorded and published on our dshed.net website. The conference organiser Terry Flaxton, himself a cinematographer, is doing invaluable research in this area at Bristol University. You can see some of his research at flaxton.btinternet.co.uk. Just when you thought you were getting your head round the technology, along comes something that completely blows preconceptions out the window. That something is a Uruguayan film, The Silent House. Tense, thriller, stroke horror film that is extraordinary for not only being shot in a single take, but also being shot on digital stills camera. Never mind the fact that it was made for around $6,000. The quality might not hit the resolution standards of some purists, but is an effective chiller whose low-res feel only adds to the atmosphere. Finally, if you want to see two examples of what I think Robert Bresson was driving at with the quote, certain states of soul which only it, cinematography, can reveal, then Lance Hammer's Ballast and Alexei Popogrebsky's How I Ended the Summer are two excellent examples. Both, one from America, the other from Russia, eschew the literary elements of cinema and immerse the viewer in the world of the characters in the film through a poetic use of cinematography. Essential cinema. Ballast opens on the 15th of April. How I Ended the Summer opens on Friday the 22nd of April. The Silent House opens on Friday the 8th of April and the brunches run throughout Sundays this month. If you want to find out more about what's in the screenings, then go to watershed.co.uk forward slash programmes forward slash 163. And that's all for this month. <laughs>